Thank you for joining us in Finding God in Video Games. In today's Rewind, we're taking a look back at a game that you probably haven't played. But before we get there, I just want to kind of touch on the fact that it's a bit of a mixed blessing that we get to live in this digital age of immediate accessibility to information combined with an endless stream of content being generated by people all across the planet doing it right now. And while it's certainly handy to be able to get directions at the push of a button or find answers with a simple query on the nearest smartphone, as a society we have lost something incredibly valuable in the exchange. The ability to discover something new without already having an opinion formed by another's experience. I mean, think about it. Before we go to a new restaurant, a lot of times we'll read the reviews and the ratings to see what others have thought about it. Maybe we look at pictures of what the plates of food look like, check social media, see if any of our friends have tried it. They may all have completely different ideas on what tastes good, but it still influences our decision-making process before we've even gotten in our car. And it's no different in the world of gaming, as everyone from official gaming sites to individual personalities on social media forums have a review of each and every game, complete with a rating and a story synopsis before I've even had a chance to consume the experience myself. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it can be quite convenient to avoid wasting my valuable currency on a game that's full of bugs, or to check the content of a game prior to purchasing it to make sure it fits what I find appropriate for myself or for my family. But if one man's trash is another man's treasure, it may be possible that a game that you would truly enjoy may simply suffer from some negative press and some poor reviews and ratings from people who simply don't have the same taste in games. And as a case in point, I would like to present to you, in all of its jumbled and unappreciated glory, the magnificence that is Sneak King. If you're one of the multitudes who missed this game, you've denied yourself the opportunity to play as the one and only Burger King. In a stealth adventure that requires sharp reflexes, cunning, and a burning desire to surprise your hapless victims with a delicious croissant witch sandwich. As the Burger King, you'll climb scaffolds, infiltrate buildings, and most importantly, deliver your concealed chicken fries and whoppers, not a really sure where they're concealed at, to people who must be snuck up on and forcibly given these fast food offerings. And if that's not enough for you, I don't know why it wouldn't be. I mean, to me, this is just the best sell for a game ever. But in addition to this awesome setup, we're also tasked with performing a celebratory dance after each successful food attack, which is set up in some kind of risk-reward structure that requires excellent timing and rhythm to pull it off. And if you're truly elite and worthy of wearing the crown that only a true sneak king can possess, you'll not only sneak up undetected on construction workers as they exit a porta potty and hand deliver a tasty Whopper sandwich, but top it off with a well choreographed dancing flourish. Now, if that synopsis does not make you want to track down a secondhand copy of this game, which is basically one part splinter cell mixed with a healthy dose of exceptionally a uh, limited budget and complete insanity, I'm just not sure we have the same palette for video games. I do hope we can still be friends. Now the truth is, a lot of that was in jest. This game is not for everyone. The reviews for it were pretty unkind. But because of my love of many terrible games, along with the absurdity of the concept, I personally loved it. And there's many other titles that I have found delightful and entertaining, but other gamers and reviewers have not shared my enthusiasm for them. And if I had listened to others' opinions before forming my own, 
I may have been steered away from many incredible and unique adventures that I personally really enjoyed. But when reviews and previews and just plain views are so prevalent, it's very difficult to indulge in anything without finding someone else's opinion on it first and having our outlook adjusted accordingly. Names have a very special significance in the Bible. In many ways, they sometimes act as a, a preview of sorts for the individual and their path in life. But sometimes the name can be given very unfairly based on the skewed viewpoint of the individual providing the name. In the case that we're going to look at in Genesis chapter 35, we will find an individual who was on the wrong end of the naming process before they even had a chance to launch. So let's briefly fill in the background of the situation so we have context to this tragic story. Jacob who was renamed Israel, had two wives, Leah and Rachel. They were sisters who had a fairly bitter rivalry since they kind of became sister wives. And a, there was a primary source of competition between them was their childbearing prowess. And simply put, Leah had been tremendously successful in providing her husband with multiple sons. But to this point, Rachel had achieved a grand total of one. And this was a great source of frustration for Rachel. And in Genesis 35, 16, we see that her seeming success with delivering another child would also sadly be her swan song in the scriptures. The labor that she was enduring was an incredibly difficult one. And giving birth to this child that had meant so much to her just a few short verses earlier brought her to a place of incredible pain and unfortunately to a very bitter ending. And as the midwife attempted to provide some good news in this place of pain that Rachel had successfully delivered another male child, all Rachel could see was that this final act would come at the cost of her own life. And in her final breaths, the last recorded actions of Rachel was to name this newborn son Ben-Oni, which translated means son of my sorrow. And as her soul departed this plane of existence, she placed a horrific burden on this innocent soul who had yet to even open their eyes. Tragic end to the life of Jacob's most desired bride, but more importantly, a doomed beginning for the infant child who would carry this name for the remainder of their days. A name that would be a constant reminder that this birth had cost his mother her life and robbed his father of the love of his life. What an awful amount of baggage to heap on such tiny shoulders. With no concept of the language he was hearing when his name was uttered, he was already a failed man waiting. And just like an unfair review or a misguided opinion about a game, a movie, or any other area of life that can be rated and scored, this happens to all of us and around us all the time. Now, maybe it's not your given name on your birth certificate, but it was branded on us just the same. Maybe it's a moment that our parent told us that we'd never amount to anything. Or when a partner in a relationship let us know how much of a failure and a disappointment that we are. It could be an employer that destroyed our confidence by informing us that we're simply not good enough. More to the point, it happens each and every day in many little ways as people hurl racist, sexist, body shaming, and hurtful labels and names at others, either in person or in an even more cowardly fashion over social media. And then we carry these burdens that were unfairly thrust upon us, not realizing, just, just like with Rachel and Benoni, this did not come from an informed place, but a place of pain. Rachel was reacting to a pain that little Benoni wasn't even aware of, and he became an unwitting target due to his proximity 
and his inability to resist. Slapped with a negative review before he even had a chance to breathe, this could have cursed this poor child's entire existence as he wore this shame and was forced to acknowledge it each and every time someone said his name. But this might be where you stop me and say, wait a minute, I know all the 12 tribes of Israel. I don't remember anyone named Benoni, and you would be correct. Here's your bonus gold star for paying attention in Sunday school. See, the child's father, Jacob, knew that this was not who he was, and he would not allow his child, this beloved child, to remain in this cursed state. While Benoni's birth inadvertently led to Rachel's death, his father never blamed him for this, nor did he want him to spend the rest of his life agonizing over it. He looked at his child and proclaimed that his name would be Benjamin, which is translated, son of my right hand. It was a name of strength and confidence. The right hand represents a favored spot, considered a place of honor in seating arrangements at that time. I mean, think of it, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And when the father divided the sheep and the goats, it was the sheep that were placed at his right hand. Jacob refused to let his child be defined by the negative review of one dissatisfied person because he saw something worthy of receiving the favored position in this previously poorly named child. Now, like Benjamin, all of us have been born into a cursed name. And I don't simply mean that as sinners, although that is also true. No matter how wonderful or well-meaning the people who raised us have been, at points throughout our lives, we have been the recipients of negative reviews, unfair characterizations, ignorant stereotypes, or trapped in a moment where a mistake was made that we can't remove from our profile. And each day we carry that one star rating over our heads, a neon sign flashing the name that we were given that simply won't stop following us around. Failure, liar, thief, adulterer, loser, addict, hypocrite. But here's the good news. Our Father in heaven does not call us by any of those names. We are not the child of his sorrow, even though the requirement for us to be birthed as a child into his kingdom did cost the life of his son. We are the child of his right hand, and he renamed us as he held us for the first time, covered in the blood of his precious son who died so we could be born again. Gone are the reminders of the pain we didn't mean to cause. Erased are the references to a moment in time that we didn't mean to create. Banished are the negative attempts to define us from people who lashed out from their pocket of pain to spitefully label us. He sees beyond the moment to the real us, the one we are becoming, the one day we will fully be. And when we choose to call ourselves by that name, see ourselves the way our Father sees us, we can see that those old labels are only used by the misinformed who are still unable to see past their pain. So I hope this encourages you to move past the reviews that you have received, even if they were fairly earned at the time. The Lord was not surprised by how much any of us cost to become his children, and he considers all of us well worth the sacrifice. He has a special name for each of us. We are the child of his strength, his favorite child, the child of his right hand. Allow his love to erase the damage done by carrying these unkind labels because he has a better name and a better future chosen for us. And when we look at things and say, yeah, well, I messed this up, I messed up, 
These are reviews, whether they're fair or not, for a time that they happen. But I'm telling you that Sneak King is still one of my favorite games of all time, no matter what the reviews say or what anyone else's experiences were playing it. Because for me, it was the perfect game at the perfect time for me. And for the Lord, whatever we've done, wherever we've been, whatever we've said, or whatever labels have been placed on us, he labels us none of those things. He simply names us his children.